My name is Memory Stuns. I'm one of the members here, and it is my joy to welcome you to St. Paul's this morning. Uh, special welcome to those who have joined us through our Facebook live streaming. We're so glad you've joined us for this time of worship. It would be helpful to us if you would like our live stream or make a comment on there so that we know that you're watching and worshiping with her. And so uh, I'm going to turn it over to Kathy. She has a few announcements. Good morning, St. Paul's. And Happy New Year. This is my first Sunday seeing you all. I watched from online last week and I thought, I miss them. I want to be there. So here I am and it is a joy to be with you. I do have just a couple of short announcements. For those of you that are watching us at home, this is our Remembering Our Baptism Sunday. So I would encourage you all to find a little bowl or a cup and put some water in it because at <clears throat> point later in our service, you'll have an opportunity to join us in our reaffirmation of that. If you've been reading our online newsletter, you have heard me talking about a book study that we're going to do on Adam Hamilton's Making Sense of the Bible. I feel so strongly in us being involved in this that I am willing to lead this three times a week if we have that many people that are interested. Emily's going to lead a class at 9.30. I'll do one after church, and then we'll find a couple of times during the week. Why do I think this is important, especially right now? One of the things that you'll hear as people talk about disaffiliating from the United Methodist Church, many people will say, well, the new United Methodists, they're not going to believe in the Bible. They don't, they don't listen to the Bible. They don't take it seriously. And friends, we do take the Bible seriously. But it is a document that was written thousands of years ago, and sometimes it can be confusing. This is a <clears throat> relatively easy read. It'll be a five- to six-week study, and I'll talk more about it later. But I do hope you'll think about it, uh, of joining us for that. That is my, those are my only announcements other than it is such a joy to see you. Let's go to God in prayer. Oh, gracious and loving God, we do indeed give you thanks for this day. God, we give you thanks that you called us together, that you called us to this place, whether we are here in the sanctuary or watching online. You called us as a community. So God, we know that we don't have to ask you to be present because wherever we are, you are always there just waiting for us. So instead, gracious God, we ask that you help us prepare ourselves to be present to you. Help us remove the distractions. Help us be able to, <clears throat> through word and music and the greetings from one another, help us to be able to see and experience the risen Christ so that when we leave this place today, we leave transformed, amen. St. Paul's United Methodist Church welcomes, affirms, and extends our love to all persons, regardless of age, ethnicity, race, income, life experiences, abilities, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. All are welcome into our family. I was reminded this week of how healing prayer can be. Um, and how it helps us to commune with God and touch the deepest parts of our soul um, and allow God to touch the places that maybe we hide. Um, so I ask that you would join me in that spirit in opening ourselves up to the spirit and allowing God to see our inmost depths. So let us pray for those among us and for ourselves. 
God of light, through water and word, you shine your light into the darkness of our lives. We give thanks for this incredible gift. Praying, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. God of love, your love comes in spite of our animosity. You bring reconciliation to those who are divided. We pray for better relations between those of different races, different ideologies, different sexes, differences in every expression. Strengthen us to be peacemakers. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. God of hope, you walk with us through the challenges which surround us, wash away our anxiety by your promised presence, and set us free from despair. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of church and world, in baptism you unify yourself with our world and bring your reign into being. Keep us from seeing your love as a hiding place. Motivate us to infuse the world with your justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. God of health and illness, there is nothing that separates us from your love. Inspire us to bring your health to the sick, your encouragement to the discouraged, your promise to the dying, especially to those whom we name before you now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. God of life and death, all that exists is from you and for you. Enable us to trust your baptismal promise and serve this hurting world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. God who shines in the darkness, receive these prayers and the prayers of our hearts in the name of the one who is your light, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we pray this sincerely as children of god as we say our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I'll be reading from Matthew. You may remember that the second Sunday of Advent in our Gospel reading was the scripture that was just before this, in which we learn of a man named John who was dressed in camel cloth, hair cloth, and he was eating locusts and wild honey, and he was crying out in the wilderness, repent, turn towards God, and prepare the way of the Lord. And people from all over the <clears throat> Judea came to the Jordan River to be baptized. And that's where our scripture starts today. I invite you to stand or raise up in your seats for the reading of the gospel. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, 
Suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw God's spirit descending on him like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Will you go with me to God in prayer? Oh, gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. For indeed, you are our rock and our redeemer. And God, at this time especially, I ask you to help me step back. Help me to step back and fill me with your spirit so that it is your word, not mine, that is heard. So that it is your word that lands in our hearts. So that it is your word that comes back to us throughout the week and causes us to ponder. So that it is your word that leads us to transformation. God, we ask that you open our hearts, open our ears, so that we may hear. Amen. Well, I have to tell you that for me, this gospel reading falls into the category of that familiar hymn, Tell Me the Stories of Jesus, Those That I Love to Hear. As I said earlier, it's a story that's told in all four gospels, but each with a little different perspective. Matthew, Mark, and Luke give us an <clears throat> eyewitness account, but in the gospel of John, we just hear of John telling his disciples that he baptized Jesus. It's a story that I love to hear over and over and over. In the book of Matthew, this is the first scene in which Jesus emerges as an adult. If those of you that were here on Christmas Eve, we heard the story of Jesus' birth. And last week you heard the story of the Magi coming to see baby Jesus. Well, after that, Joseph has a dream and he and Mary flee with baby Jesus to Egypt and trying to avoid King Herod. After King Herod dies, Joseph has another dream that says, come back. So Joseph brings them back and they settle in Nazareth. And in Matthew's gospel, that is the last we hear of Jesus. Nothing about his growing up, nothing about his childhood and adolescence or his young adulthood. It's a fast forward of 30 years and now Jesus shows up. And for the first time, we meet the grown-up Jesus. And for the first time, we hear his voice at his baptism. You see, it's a transforming time in Jesus's life. He hears God say, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. In Mark and Luke, God says, you are my beloved. But whether it's a comment directly to Jesus or to those gathered, gathered God is indeed making a declaration. Jesus is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus' life is never the same. There's no going back to Nazareth and continuing in his father's footsteps as a carpenter. Instead, Jesus is led to the wilderness for 40 days and then he emerges to begin his ministry. You see, Jesus' baptism was a transforming moment for him. The Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. The Spirit of God. Friends, do you realize that the very same Spirit that landed on Jesus 
is the spirit that comes to us during our baptism. Let that sink in for just a moment. You see, Jesus didn't get the high-grade, extra-special Holy Spirit, and we only get the low-grade, less expensive, not as powerful, but it will do Holy Spirit. We get the same fuel that Jesus got. And in our baptism, God lands in us and says, you are my beloved child. You are my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. And friends, if we take time to truly listen, we can hear God say that to us every single day. Now friends, I won't try to convince you that I truly understand how our sacraments of Holy Communion and Baptism works. It's one of those mysteries of our faith. But as United Methodists, we believe that during these sacraments, God's Holy Spirit comes to us in a unique and special way. Communion and baptism, they're that outward visible sign of God's inward grace coming to us and working in us. You see, my friends, communion for Methodists is not simply a remembrance of something that happened long ago. It's a receiving of that grace every time we feast at the table of Holy Communion. And with baptism, it's God claiming us as God's beloved child and God making God's home in us. That's why we don't ever have to be rebaptized, because God never leaves. We may turn away, we may not acknowledge that presence in our life, but friends, God stays put. And remembering our baptism each year reminds us that it is not about us. It's about God working in and through us. And it's about being part of a community. Not going through this journey on our own, but joining with others. Others that we call church for support and encouragement. One of my most fond memories all time was when I had the pleasure of attending the official adoption of Nicholas Duckworth. Shortly after I arrived at St. Paul's and Patty and Dee had gotten Nicholas as a foster child when he was very young, several years before. And the adoption process was a lengthy one. And after about four years, is that about right, four years? Three, three or four years, they were finally able to officially adopt him. It was a wonderful celebration. Many of you were there. You see, that was the day that Nicholas officially and legally became part of that family. I took several pictures, and they'll occasionally pop up on my phone, and every time I see one, I'll smile, and I'll send it to Patty and say, look what was on my phone. I remember that day so vividly. Now, let me be clear. In many ways, nothing changed. Patty and Dee and big sister Serenity did not all of a sudden love Nicholas more. No, they already loved him and they unconditionally considered him part of the family. But now, now it was official and nothing, nothing could ever separate them as a family. And friends, that's what our baptism is. God loves us unconditionally long before we were baptized. And we don't have to be baptized to go to heaven when we die. No, nothing we can ever do 
will cause God to quit loving us. But through our baptism, my friends, we are filled with God's Spirit and we have the promise that it will never be taken away. And we make the commitment to nurture and to take care of that spirit that's within us and to be part of a community that strives to make God's love visible to others. When we are baptized as infants, which many of us are, our parents, our caregivers, the grown-ups in our life, they make the commitment to raise us in a way that helps us to become aware of how God lives and moves and breathes within us. Friends, that's why we reaffirm our baptism every year, to help remember and then to renew our baptismal vows. It's like an anniversary celebration, and that's why it's one of my favorite liturgical Sundays. We remember and we celebrate. We remember that God calls us my beloved child, and we celebrate the amazing ways that God works in and through us and I decided this morning that maybe every year on Remember Baptism, we should have cake and ice cream. Because <laughs> it truly is a celebration. <laughs> Say what? And a new birth. That's exactly right. Exactly. I have some dear friends who have been married now for almost 40 years. And on the eve of their 10th anniversary, they began a tradition that continues still today they realized that several of their friends who had married about the same time had gotten divorced, often because of the simple reason that we've just seemed to drift away. It was an eye-opener to my friends as they realized how easy it is to get so busy with life that they forgot to take care of their relationship. It loses its appeal, the spark dies out, and too often the marriage ends in divorce. So the night before their 10th anniversary, they had what they now refer to as our do we or don't we conversation. They look back on the previous year. What were the highlights? Where did we struggle? How did we grow as individuals and how did we grow as a couple? And then they ask one another, do you wanna stay married for another year? And when the answer is yes, which it has been for them each year, they then ask one another, what will you do to help us stay strong? And what can we do to help us stay strong? And how can we support one another? And then their evening ends with their own recommitment to one another. I will do what it takes to make this work because you are important to me and because we are important to me. And my friends, in many ways, that's what this morning is about. It is our recommitment, our reaffirmation of our baptismal vows. Vows which are communal to our church community and individual between us and God. You see, it's through our baptism that we join the church, not a church, but we join the universal church, the Christian community, and then we join our local community because we realize that's where our ministries play out. So it's a chance to reaffirm and say 
St. Paul's is where I want to be, and I will do what it takes to make us be the church that God calls us to be. I will continue to support St. Paul's with my prayers and my presence and my gifts and my service. And it's our recommitment to paying attention to and growing in our personal relationship with Jesus. Friends, that's important. So often we get so busy being the church that we put aside tending to our relationship with Christ. We are so good about being the hands and feet about, for Jesus, about being so busy for God that we put aside tending to the most important relationship we have, the one with our Creator, the one who breathed into us, the one that showers us with love, and forgiveness and mercy and grace. The one who promises never to leave us even when we scream, leave me alone, and we try to run away. But no, like the father in the parable of the <clears throat> prodigal son, God continues to beckon and call us and runs to us and embraces us with a bear hug when we return. Friends, remember our baptism is our do we or don't we continue conversation. It's our time to ask, do I want to stay in relationship for another year? And God's answer is always a loud and exuberant, unequivocal, joyful yes. And it's a time for us to hear God say, you are my beloved with whom I am well pleased. Not well pleased for anything we have done, but well pleased because we are God's own. Think about it for a minute. When Jesus came up out of that water, he hadn't done anything yet. No changing water into wine, no healing the sick or feeding the multitudes. He hadn't walked on water or called people to follow me, yet God said to him, you are my beloved with whom I am well pleased. And once Jesus claimed that love, his life was never the same. And so it is with ours, my friends. This is the day for each of us to claim, I am God's beloved child. To claim it and to let it be what identifies you. When people say to you, Tell me a little bit about you. I hope the first thing you think is, I am a beloved child of God. Because when we can see ourselves as beloved children of God, it means that we are filled with God's love. And friends, when we are filled with God's love, we can't help but splash it around on others. So when you come to the baptismal bowls in just a bit, I want you to splash around in the water. I want you to feel it on your skin. I want it to permeate your being. In each of the bowls are some rocks. Take one. There's <clears throat> rocks with a cross on it. And put it someplace where you will see it. Let it be a visible reminder that you are a baptized child of God. That you are part of God's family and a part of the community of faith. And for some of you, because next week we will be having a baptism, Ethan will be being baptized. If you haven't been baptized, anticipate and think about your baptism and what that means for you. And then, 
Spend some time thinking about what you will do to nurture and to care for your relationship with God. Spend time in prayer, not just talking to God, but also listening to God. I used to be surprised when I would ask people, tell me about your prayer life. And oftentimes I would hear, well, it mainly happens in church on Sunday or unless I'm really stressed out about something. I have to admit that was my prayer life for many years. But friends, relationships take connection and prayer is one of the most powerful ways we do that. Not simply talking to God, it's being with God. It's that be still and know that I am God. Spend time reading your Bible. That's why I really, really want you to join us for the book study, Making Sense of the Bible. For many people, picking up the Bible and reading it is confusing. Too often it doesn't make sense and it seems to be contradictory. For those of you that don't read it regularly, it may feel irrelevant to you. And this book will help us to sort out some of those things. And I encourage you to stay in community. Keep coming to church. Keep staying involved. Be a part of our ministries, volunteers, in ways that help us, this church, be the church that God is calling us to be. Friends, you have heard me say often, the church is not the pastor. The church is not the building. The church is the people, the people working together to make Jesus visible. So friends, I encourage you to claim being a beloved child of God. Look at yourself in the mirror every day and say, I am a beloved child of God. Say it when you first wake up in the morning and say it before you go to sleep. Say it throughout the day. And if it simply feels like words to you, let your prayer become, help me to know that I am your beloved child. Because friends, Living as God's beloved son changed Jesus' lives, and it will change yours. It will change the world. May it be so. It is in the name of our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Amen. Siblings in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. And this is God's gift, offered to us without price. Through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. And so friends, on behalf of the whole church, I now ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and the power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to all people? According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? I will. 
Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the I am not my own self made self reliant human being. In truth, O God, I am yours. Make me you believe in Jesus Christ. Make me a neighbor with those whom you will. Guide me on the easy path for you. Guide me on the rocky road for you. Whether am I to step up for you or step aside for you, whether I am to be lifted high for you or brought low for you, whether I become full or empty with all things or with nothing, I give all that I have and all that I am for you. So be it. And may I always remember that you, O oh God, and I belong to each other. Amen. And friends, that is my benediction. Say, <coughs> my benediction prayer for you is that you always remember that you and God belong together. Friends, that's how we were created. And that is what our baptism says. We are God's beloved child. So leave this place today with the confidence of knowing God calls you by name. God calls you God's beloved. And God requests of you, share that love with others. It is indeed in the name of the one who called us into being. Go forth in peace and love. Amen.